out more chairs today. Because uh, the past, I don't know how many weeks, we've been, we put out 80 chairs every week, but we have been filling that up. So we decided this week we put out 100 chairs. Um, so there's space for you to invite some friends. Um, that does not mean, though, there's an excuse to sit further back. So, uh, <laughs> although my grandparents are allowed to sit wherever they like to sit, they can sit wherever. I'll get you a nice comfy sofa if you guys want it. Um, but it's exciting. And it, it does feel a little bit further back, Dad, don't you? I feel you're a little bit further. I feel I'm going to have to walk up the aisle in a minute to preach, otherwise I feel um, like I'm not connected to you. Uh, I'm sitting on a stool, everybody. I just, yeah, sorry? I cannot. Too, I'm too young, my friend. Thank you very much, Jack. Um, I just feel like I had a lot on my heart to say today, and I didn't want to get carried away. I wanted to try and get across what I was getting across, and so I thought I would try and sit down to try and contain me, keep me to my notes, so that I can um, say what I feel it is that God is wanting to say. And then I also I follow a, a preacher on uh, Instagram, and he puts something on Instagram saying every so often you should speak sitting down because it brings a different connection with people. So I thought I've never done that flow. So maybe this is a good chance. Let's see how long I'm going to stay on here. We'll take bets. All right? Five minutes. All right. I'm already rocking. I can feel it. Oh, oh, just feel it. But uh, guys, can I say I'm really honored to be speaking here today. I know I'm the pastor of this house, but I do feel just honored. This is it's fast becoming my favorite place to preach. Um, I feel like because there's already so many languages and cultures established here that when I speak, you can you ride on that flow with me, and I get really excited about it. I'm also really excited. I believe that God is doing something very powerful in the earth right now, and this is my intro, by the way. This is not my message. My message might be quite long today, but that's okay, because we, le- we started late. I feel like God is doing some very powerful things on the earth today, and uh, I just feel like at any moment at flow, we're just going to crack open. I just feel it, you know? I don't even know what that means when I say it. The word that we've got, by the way, now five times, five different occasions, five separate people who do not know each other have all come to us and spoken to us saying we're going to see super acceleration. Now, I don't know what that means, okay? That might not mean loads of people. It might mean that we grow really fast in ourselves. I don't know. But super acceleration is coming for us. And I just feel an anticipation in my spirit that God is going to move in, in this church and is moving in the world. But I want to let you know a couple of things that I think God is doing in the world before I get started, because I think these are very interesting. I don't want you to be ignorant believers. I want you to be aware of what God is up to. I'm not sure if you're aware, but um, a very famous music producer and music artist um, just brought out an album called Jesus is King. This is Kanye West. And Kanye West is one of the most influential people on the planet, arguably. And uh, he has had a radical conversion to Christianity. If you listen to his lyrics in the past, he always had a sense that he understood the nature of God, but yet clearly did not want to live that lifestyle, and um, was very open about the fact he didn't want to do that. And now he is a radical believer for God. If you listen to his interviews now, he is all about, I'm here now to spread the gospel. And I'd like to recommend to you to get his album. That's the first time I've ever had to do that in church. (laughs) Download it, listen to it, Because I want you to be up to date. Because this is something God is doing. God is moving amongst the influential celebrities of the world. Justin Bieber is a baptized believer. Has a pastor in his life. Is a full-on believer. You listen to his stuff, he talks about it. Kanye West is so open about it. God is doing something in this land. He has taken someone from like a Saul lifestyle completely an hour, and now he's made him a pool. He's already making interviews where he's just preaching the gospel and he's, on, he's preached to more people in like a day than I have in my whole life. And you know what, if I'm honest, I'm getting to this age in my life where when I was younger, I think I wanted to change the world. But now I'm getting to an age where I just, I just want to see God change the world. Do you know what I mean? I just don't care if I'm not there or like I'm not, you know, I just, I just want to watch it. I just want to be a part of it. Like, I just want to be able to say, oh, yeah, look at that. That's cool. You know, I used to think I want to be there, you know, front row leading the charge. But now I just want Jesus to lead the charge and, and just be with him. Um, so I'm, I'm just really excited. I don't know if you also know, but Demi Lovato, if you know that name, she's a singer as well. She also got baptized in the River Jordan recently and publicly on Instagram said, I'm a believer and I believe in Christ and I've done this to show my, my belief in him. God is doing something. 
Not only that, but the fastest growing church, I've already told you if you've not heard it before, is, is growing in Iran. The place that the world thinks is where they produce terrorism. You know, there's mosques everywhere, but if you can watch a documentary on it where God is moving in Iran, like, come on, like, <laughs> he's bringing down a, a huge stronghold in the world. There's something incredible happening on this earth right now. Uh, God is just moving incredibly. In Europe, there are stadiums and stadiums being full up of believers singing and praising God. Europe, one of the most atheistic continents on the planet, if not the most. And God is moving. God is bringing Catholics to know him in a very personal way. There's a revival happening pretty much everywhere I seem to go and bump into. Something is moving, guys. You can smile, by the way, when I say things like this. This is exciting. Can I recommend you get involved, keep up to date, keep up to tabs with what God is doing in this earth. There is something powerful happening, and I'm extremely excited about it. Can I also tell you, it's, it's closer to home. It's closer to home. Something's happening with us. As I've said, somebody, uh, we've had five prophecies about super acceleration, but let me tell you how I received the last one. On um, Friday, I had a meeting with somebody who had messaged me over Facebook and said, I'm really desperate to meet with you. Um, please, can we make some time? I will travel and I'll come see you. And I love it when people say, I'll come to you, don't you? It's just, it's a view, isn't it? You're like, yeah, anyone can come and see me. I don't care. I'm going to have to get on a train or drive anywhere. And I was quite honored that he was like, no, I really want to come see you. And I went to pick him up from the train station and I'd never met this guy before. And I picked him up and he was so nervous. He was shaking. He was like shaking. And then, you know, and he was talking to me. He's like, I'm really honored to be in your car. And I was like, all right, mate, chill out. Right. Um, it's okay. Um, you know. And uh, he was really honored to be with, to, to sit with me. And we were driving and we went to the office and, and he couldn't, he could barely sit down. He was pacing up and down. And um, I offered him a Freddo bar because we have Freddos in the office. If you like one, he ate like four of them. He was just so nervous. <laughs> he just kept eating. And, and I was like, okay, this guy, I've hung around with prophets enough to know that when they have a word from God, they cannot do anything else until they've shared the word. And uh, he was a prophet. And he said, I have a word from you. So I said, okay, cool, you know, always a bit wary. You never know what people are going to come and say to me in an office. I've had some weird stuff before. And uh, he said, I just want you to know, though, first of all, I had a vision of, of your face when I was praying a few months ago now. And I was like, okay, cool. And he's like, yeah, God gave me a picture of your face. And um, I started looking online to try and find you because I didn't know who you were. I just saw your face. So he looked on Facebook, and uh, he found my face on Facebook. Facebook. And... Uh, yeah, see what I did there? Thank you. I've worked really hard on that. And, um, and then he, 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 looked, he looked at the picture, and he just went to his wife and said, um, do you, by any chance, do you know this guy? She was like, oh, yeah, I know him. He's a friend of mine. So his wife is actually a friend of mine. He, did, he had no idea. And then he went into work the next day, and he also sat next to a person. He looked over, and he said, oh, by the way, do you know this guy? And showed him a picture of me. And the guy went, oh, yeah, I used to be on his youth team in, in Kerith. So his, his work colleague knew me as well. And then he came and um, shared an eight-minute word with me about what God wants to do through this church. I know, you, please hear me, when I'm talking about the face he saw, you realize it's not just my, it's Flo's face, right? You understand that? This is not just about me. I'm not trying to make anything about me. This is, this is about us, God moving in us. And he gave me an eight-minute word. And I think at some point, well, I'll send it and we can play it and listen to it like we did the last one. But I've never had words and prophecies so quickly and so often in my life as I have had right now. He sat there for eight minutes, I recorded it all, and he prophesied so many accurate things about me, and then he started speaking about this church and the, uh, the apostolic nature this church has. And as I shared before, we got another word from Dr. Sharon Stone, and we shared, God is speaking to us very powerfully. And what I've learned with God is very often is not what God is saying, but why he's saying it. Because God doesn't have to tell me and it would still happen. Why is he telling them? I believe he wants to get us prepared. I believe he's trying to build our faith. He's trying to build a sense of expectation and excitement. So guys, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that God is going to move amongst us. Does that excite you a little bit more? Okay, okay, even more. Let me give you one more and then maybe we can really get excited about it. And, and you can stand on your chair and clap if you like. Last night I was speaking at a youth ministry. Um, a youth conference last night, I went with Sam and Janet, and uh, I was speaking there, and I've had this thing at the moment, I really want to combat sort of anxiety and self-harm, and um, 
since I ran a youth conference, which was probably a couple of years ago now, I, I got this word from God saying he's going to start healing people of self-harm scars. And every time I've been around young people, I felt the call to do it and started praying. And last night, um, before I left um, preaching, I stood there for like f- a few minutes just waiting for God because I knew he wanted to do something else. And I just declared in the room, scars be healed in the name of Jesus. And I, before I went to bed, I got a message from a youth pastor saying one of my girls that came this evening was self-harming and her scars have completely disappeared from her body. And I've now seen this, I don't know, eight, nine times. Um, and I believe that we're going to see it. What I believe we're going to see as a church is, is radical healing. Healing that is going to astound England. Because, you know, we're quite picky, right? We want it to be a very, very serious miracle. We can't have none of this, oh, I got cured of a headache. No, no. We want, we want to see some very physical proof. We want to go to the doctor afterwards and check it out, right? That's what we want in England. And I believe God's like, fine. Like, that doesn't, that doesn't scare God. And so I believe he wants to do some very radical and amazing healings amongst this church. Does that excite somebody? So Lord Jesus, come and do it. God, I make it clear, you are in charge. You are in charge. You lead this church. You take us where you want to take us. We will simply go with the flow. That is it, God. You're in charge. We will do as much planning and strategizing as you ask us to, but you are in charge. You direct us. So God, if you want to heal people, come and do it. We do not stand in your way. We will not worry about time. We're not worried about what's next on the program. I will not worry about making sure I get my words out. No, God, you're in charge. You want to heal people? Come and do it right now. In your mighty name, Jesus, I declare healing over this place. Whatever sickness, whatever sickness is in this room right now, I pray it is all gone and that everyone leaves completely healed. That is what I believe your church is supposed to be. So whatever sickness there is in your body right now, may it be gone in the name of Jesus. Whether that is eyesight, whether that is something wrong with your teeth, whether that is something you've been living with for a long time, whether that is scars on your body from operations and from things that have happened to you, I pray in Jesus' name right now, all of it be completely gone. God, do a radical move amongst us as a church. You are Alpha and Omega, we worship you, my Lord, you are worthy to be praised, you are Alpha and Omega, we worship you, our God, you Worship you, our Lord. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy of it all. 
And to you are all things. You deserve the glory. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things. To you are all things. You deserve the glory. Incense means prayers. Come on. Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Oh, day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Day and night, night and day, let incense arise. From our hearts, Lord. You are worthy. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. For from you are all things. And to you are all things. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Jesus, I declare that this church is now a place where you right the wrongs, Lord God. You heal the sick. Where the enemy has taken things from you, this is where you come and get them back. Where words, have, lies have been spoken to you, this is where you come and hear the truth. This is a place where you're going to come and be mobilized once again. Some of you, I'm speaking to somebody in this house right now. You're going to be mobilized once again. You've been knocked around, beaten up, but you're going to be mobilized again. You've been on the battlefield, and you haven't been supported by the people around you. You felt alone. You felt, you felt I don't know, you felt like you knew you should be out there, but it was really hurting. And the Lord says, I'm called you back, and I'm going to mobilize you again. You will be sent out again. This is not the end. This is not the end. I don't care about your age. I don't care about how old you think you are. This is it. You're going to be mobilized again. God is not going to worry about your age people. He will still mobilize you. God can use you at any age. Prophesy in the name of Jesus. Thank you, my Lord. Don't want you to lose this moment. But what I want to talk about today is I'm really going to talk about your value as a person. We're meant to be speaking on giving, and I am speaking on giving, I promise. It's probably going to be the worst message on giving you've ever heard, but it, is, it, is, it does affect giving, and I'm going to show you how in a moment. But I need you all, I need you all to stop listening to insecurities. It's time, okay? Done. Let's finish it. We've been kind. We've been patient. Done now. Stop listening to voices of insecurity. I know they've become a friend for so long, and actually you can't imagine life without them, but please, we need to start realizing the value that God has placed in us. Because here's my point. You have a low value of yourself. Your giving will be low. Because you don't think that you have anything to give. I need your value to be at an appropriate level of who you are and why you're here and the fact that you are loved and stop trying to pretend that you're not so you get more attention. Let it all go, please. And say, now I'm actually going to just accept that I am loved and I am chosen and I am made for something. Because when you are like that, then you know you're made for something and that means you start actually trying to make something. So do me a favor, close your eyes, hold out your hands if you like to. Maybe you want to stand if that helps you. I know some of you want to do that. I want you to hear from me right now. 
that you are valuable. You are not valuable based on any of your current strengths or your abilities. You are not valuable for what you have brought to the world so far. You are not value, valuable because you are labeled as a mother. You are not valuable because you run your own business. You are not valuable because you have money in the bank account. You are not valuable because there's somebody who loves you that tells you you're valuable. You are valuable because God has decided you are. You were valuable before you were even born. So let me tell you, you can do nothing to add or take away from that value. Your value comes from another source, not from you. Stop trying to build your own value. Stop trying to build your own influence and security. That is why you are failing. That's why you are struggling because you've been relying on yourself. And the Lord says today, I will be your value. Just accept in your heart, I am valuable because Christ says I am. It is not arrogant. It is not arrogant to say that you are valuable. What is arrogant is to say I'm more valuable than somebody else. And the only person that can say that is Jesus Christ. I want you to believe it this morning. Receive my word. You are valuable. You are valuable. I will let this word sink in because I am fully aware that insecurity is not just something that goes after teenage girls. It is something that bothers so many of us. In fact, most of your issues in your life are because you've listened to a voice that was not the voice of God. You are valuable. Stop trying to impress everybody. Stop trying to appear smart, intelligent, good-looking, funny, like you know it all. You don't need to know it all. You're still valuable without it. You know somebody that does know it all. You are valuable to the kingdom of God. You are so valuable that Jesus, instead of losing you, died so that he might have you. And yes, I know you've heard it before, but please believe it. He would have done the same if it was only you that existed on this earth. Because he decided that. Stop trying to take away from Jesus what he's decided. God did not make you by mistake. And when you look down upon yourself, you are looking down upon a creation of God. I could even prove to you that self-pity is a sin. Do not call something that God has called valuable, not valuable. Receive my word in Jesus' name. Amen. I have been blessed in my life. I don't know why, I don't know how. Maybe it's because of my parents. I've always had a very good self-assurance. For a long time, people called me arrogant. And so I, I thought that means I must come across less. But what I've learned is that humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking about yourself less. I just decided I'm not going to think about me anymore. I am what I am because God says I am. And it's the same for you. Why do I need you to believe this? Why am I talking about this today? Because we're talking about giving. And like I said, you need to have a great value system of yourself so that you can give. Because if we are gonna see something extraordinary happen in this church, it is gonna require us in this room right now to give. Do you think it's coincidental that God sent us so many leaders? First year of our church, I have so many leaders in this room, I don't even know what to do with you. I'm trying to calm everyone down. I'm like, guys, let's just be slow. I have so many leaders in the room. I'm literally looking around right now, and I, I reckon the majority of this room, you could lead. If you really wanted to, if you really wanted to, you could probably sit in this seat and lead here. I've got so many leaders, because God is planning something. But I need you to believe that you are a leader. I need you to believe that God has put value on you, because when something happens here, we're going to need to give. 
God has given us a load of people that are almost ready just to pour out and give loads. And it's going to require giving of our finances. It's going to require giving of ourselves, of our time, and really just giving of to other people. And to be able to give to other people, I must need to know my value myself. Because if I don't think I have value, I, don't, I won't give as much. Should we read the Bible? I promise I'm rooting this all in Scripture. Luke 12. Sarah preached last week on the first part of it. Did you enjoy Sarah preaching? I listened to it in the car the other day. I was very proud of her. I particularly like the bit where she brought the woman with the two pennies involved, if you remember that. If not, listen to it online. The Bible says in Luke 12, verse 22, and he said to his disciples, please listen to this. It's so relevant. Jesus said, therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What you will eat, nor about your body. Should I just stop there? Stop worrying about your body. Or what you'll put on. For life is more than food and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, everybody. Consider them. They neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than birds? Okay? So I don't know where your self-esteem is right now, but please lift it above birds. Okay? Direct quote from Christ. You're above birds. And which of you by being anxious, can add a single hour to the span of his life. If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, and by the way, I love it that God says adding time on is a small thing. Don't you love him? That sounds like a massive thing to me. Why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies. Consider them. How they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Guys, stop toiling. Pastor K says this to me a lot. He's always like, no more toil. And everyone goes, ah, in Nigeria. What he means is no more striving. Why are you trying to do things to, to make your life feel valuable? You, you've already got it. You're literally fighting. You're working for something you've already received. You're like putting in extra hours at the office going long because like you're trying to receive more money when you've already got it in the bank account. Why, why are you struggling? Why are you striving, people? Because I've got so many things I need to worry about, Lee, in my life. No, 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 no. God has your life. If God is allowing something to happen, allow it to happen. What do we do? We sleep in the storms. Yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, the richest man they reckon to have ever lived, was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? Please remember the idea of clothes actually came from God. O you of little faith. I think we like to skip over this bit. Because we don't like to think that Jesus is telling me I don't have enough faith to receive something. Of course, that's what happens. Now, please don't go, well, that's why I'm sick. No, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. But the power of faith is to receive the things we do not see yet. That is what faith is about. So what God is saying is stop having little faith. And little faith means when my life is not in control of the things and I think I need to worry about them, God's saying stop worrying about them. I've got them have some more faith to receive what it is that I want to give you. And what's even actually funny is the more you toil and work and get in, the, get in the way of God, you actually start to see the things that you thought were going to happen in your worry actually happen. Does that make sense? And then you get, the, then you get to that point and you say, oh, I, I knew I had to. And God's like, I'm right here. And then it becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy that then cycles round and you go, well, last time I had to get involved with that, that really bad thing happened. And guys, for once in your life, please drop everything and say, God, I actually give everything to you. I'm going to stop worrying about my life. Like, I mean, stop. Not cut down, not, not it's okay to do it every so often. I mean, stop completely. 
Remember, if Jesus says not to do something and you do it, we'd call that a... Maybe to start with, maybe even right now, we need to repent of worry. God, I am sorry. Well, I have not trusted that you know better. God, I am sorry where I've thought that I need to put in more effort. God, I'm sorry where I haven't thought that the salvation on the cross is enough for me. God, I'm going to stop worrying about it. And do not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried. All the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. He knows. He knows exactly what you need. Instead, seek his kingdom, and then these things will be added to you. See, there is a part for us to play. I must seek him. You can't just go, well, I'm going to stop worrying and then sit there. No, I must seek God. The seeking of God somehow releases that blessing. I couldn't fully understand it myself. And then he says something like this, fear not, little flock. Don't you love it when God's a little bit patronizing to us? <laughs> little flock. I like it because it puts me back in my place. I sometimes like to think I'm a grown-up sheep, if not even a shepherd. And he's like, little flock. You're not even that mature as a sheep yet, okay? Little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give to the needy. We could spend a year trying to learn that principle. Come, how many barriers would you hit if I said to you, I actually want you to sell everything you have and give it away, how many barriers would you hit in yourself? How many barriers? You could spend a year knocking down those barriers to be released to actually live one sentence of Jesus Christ. We could make 2020 the year of selling our possessions. By the end of the year, you just come, it's just all sitting, all sitting at the front on the floor in the hall. In your pants. <laughs> <laughs> guys we need to give more we need to give more give more give more away give more away give more away please don't just give out the abundance the bible says I can't remember what passage maybe Jamie can help me out. Uh, if I have two shirts and my neighbor has none, I give him one of my shirts. You understand that bit? Ben, you're right there. You're giggling away, aren't you? The pants. Ben and Becky have lost it. Do you need a moment? That was funny. That was a good joke, Joe. I appreciate it. Now, the principle there of giving one of your shirts to somebody else, please notice the guy did not have five shirts. It wasn't when you have five, which means that if you get a stain on one, you have a backup, and then you have a change of clothes just when you get to that different party. It's when you have two, give it. See, what it does is it equalizes you with the needy person. If I have five and I give to somebody who has none, I'm still above them. When I have two and I give to one, we're now the same. You see, the, re the reason giving is so important is because it actually equalizes us all. It makes us all one person. Are you with me on this? Which means we're not meant to give out the abundance, people. You're not meant to give out the spare. You're not meant to give out what's leftovers. Guys, we give that to the dogs. We give the leftovers to the dogs. With humans, we give out whatever they need. Whatever you need, I'll give you. If I have it, I give it to you. That's it. That's the principle. Guys, our church should live like this. And I'm going to be real with you. We're going to do an exercise at the end so that we do. There are people in this room who have more than enough. And actually, there are some people in this room who just have enough. And there are some people that are in need. If there's somebody in, this need, in, in, in need in this church, I want it to only be there for a week. You come on Sunday, it's provided. 
But here's, here's where your value comes into importance. Because if you are in need, it may affect your value system. Remember, Jesus is talking here about value. You with me? He's talking about value. He's in a bit about money. Okay, Luke 12 is about money. The parable was about money. And this isn't, this isn't an extra bit. On, this, is, this is carried on in the same message. In the same message, when he's talking about giving, he's talking about value. Why is he talking about value when he's trying to talk about how you use your money? Because let me tell you this. If you're in need, you may think that affects your value. And so you might have a low value of yourself. And to admit to somebody else you are in need means that you are admitting that you have a lower value. That's if your value is misplaced. Consider the ravens, people. They are the symbol of provision. They're a symbol of provision. What they're saying is, I know where my value comes from. I'm so important to God that he will provide for me. Okay? You must have a sense in yourself that even if I'm in need, my value has not changed to God. I am valuable to him. Can we please stop this whole thing of like, you know what, I, 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 don't need any, I don't need any help, I don't need want anyone's help, I don't want to put anyone out, I don't want to do any of that. Stop it. You are a child of God. You are a little flock. Stop acting like the shepherds. When you're in need, say, hey guys, I'm in need. How many, actually honestly, how many of you would judge somebody who says I'm in need? If I came up to you and said, guys, me and Emily are in need, would you think, oh, no, our pastor's, you know, you know he's, oh, he's lost it. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's lost it. Well, you, of course you wouldn't. You, in fact, you would be encouraged because then you feel like you have a chance to actually give in to somebody else how much God has given into you. Because if you have a low value system of yourself and your value is misplaced and put in treasures and things and all these kind of stuff, then actually when, some, when you're in need, it's going to be really hard for you to say, I'm in need. Put your value, please, back on the fact that Jesus Christ says you're valuable. Is that okay? I might just dig into that a little bit. I haven't finished the Bible verse yet, but this is why I had to stay near my notes. <laughs> if you get your value from things, from a role, from a label, from a material possession, from what's in your bank account, if you get your value from these things, when they leave, your value leaves. Yeah? And this becomes a very serious problem because if you are lucky enough to see that something is coming after those things, so let's say your value's in money and you know that you're about to lose all your money, you will suddenly become extremely defensive in fact, you'll start to not be the person you really want to be because you're protecting what you think is your value. And then here's what's even more worse. If you then lose that thing, it will lead you to an anxiety. Do not be worried. Do not be anxious. Anxiety builds in you. Anxiety leads you to be more isolated because you can't be in any situation that causes you to be anxious. Isolation will then lead you to depression. We're not meant to be alone. I don't mean that you're meant to be married. That's not what I'm saying. You're not meant to be alone in community. You're meant to have community in your life. When you are alone, it is dangerous for us. And then when you are depressed, all kinds of avenues can be opened up. Guys, can I be honest with you? I believe our generation, my particular generation, the millennial generation, have misplaced value so much that now the biggest killer of people my age is suicide. How is that? I'm 30. I'm at my physical prime. Oh, 28 is my physical prime, right? 31, I'm nearly there. I'm nearly at my physical. How is suicide my biggest killer? I shouldn't, that shouldn't even be on the radar. I'm at the beginning of my, I've got so much to go. I've got so much to do. But I see what I believe is happening is we are misplacing our value. We believe our value is coming from the labels, what people say about us, the Instagram, the popularity, the fame, the achievements. How my generation has been brought up thinking you must achieve to be valuable. You are what you do is what we've been told. We've been told you must achieve something impressive. And no wonder we are like we are the way we are. We have misplaced our value. And guess what? Only 1% of people really get to live out those crazy lifestyles that we put in our head. So no wonder the other 99 are now struggling with what to do when they've misplaced value. happens in church as well. We start to put our value on 
what we bring to church, our role, our identity. Do you know how dangerous it is for me to put my value in being a pastor? If I put my value in being a pastor, I won't say anything to you that upsets you. I'm pretty sure you're all aware I don't mind doing that. Because Jesus was the son of God and he upset so many people. In fact, one time he preached and 5,000 people left him. That's a bad preach, man. If his value was in how people received him, my pastor Simon used to say it like this. He said one thing, one measure of character in church, which I found really interesting. He always said, it's very easy to ask people to do things, and that's not where their character is found. Well, their character is found when you ask people to stop doing things. And I was like, yes, that's very true. And he even tells a story about how he was a worship leader. And if you know Simon, you're like, okay, who, who put him in that position? And he, he used to lead worship, and he remembers someone coming up to him saying, Simon, look, mate, you're just not good enough to lead us in worship. And they asked him to step down. You see, what, what, what he's trying to touch on there is you only really know when your value's in it is when it's been trying to be taken away from you. And you'll suddenly get really defensive and really upset and really even go down to depression and all that kind of stuff. When you misplace your value, Right? Your value at this church, by the way, is not based on what you do whatsoever. We expect you to do things because we all get involved in cooking in this family. Okay? We all make the meal together and then we all eat together. Right? So we expect you to be involved and we'll ask you to be involved. But please understand, me and Emily do not measure you and we do not value you on how much you give to us. We value just the fact that you are here. We value you because God values you. Sell your possessions, give to the needy. If you are in need today, at the end of this message, I'm going to ask you to stand and admit that you're in need. No problem, no shame, absolutely no worry. If you are pray- you'll know that if that's you because you currently are praying for a financial breakthrough in an area. Okay? At the end of that, I'm going to ask people in this room who are willing to give to come and partner with you. Now, they might not be able to give and solve all your money problems. They might not have enough but they can partner with you in it. So at least you're not isolated in it. Is that okay? We're gonna do that because I want this church to have no needy people. And instead of waiting for it to happen, I was just like, well, let's just do it. So the only way that we're gonna do that is identifying who's in need and identifying who's willing to give and then we go, easy. And then what happens if we just did that every Sunday? As our greeting, instead of how are you, not really meaning how are you, we actually said, are you in need or are you willing to give? Wouldn't that be great? And then if someone says, I'm willing to give, be like, brilliant, I need some petrol in the cart. No, don't. <laughs> well, hey, but maybe that would be it. Guys, I trust you whether you're in it. I've heard of a church in America. I love it. Maybe one day we'll get there. They actually have an offering basket and it goes around and they say at the front, if you are willing to give, give. If you're in need, take. How cool would that be? Just people going, actually, I do need some money. Great, thanks. I'm not worried about people taking advantage of it. People took advantage of Jesus all the time. I'm, import- I'm trying to build a culture here. I want us to be willing to give. It says this, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with a treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Build up yourself Good treasure bags. I like the way it says that. Money bags. What it's saying is invest in the kingdom. Invest in the kingdom. Investing in the kingdom is very simple. You give to church, you give into need. You give to his house, his bride, and you give to need. And you do that, and you're investing in your kingdom. In the, in the in eternal, in the money bags that do not grow old. That's where you're investing your money. And guys, let's be real. You're going to spend a lot longer there than you are here. So build up yourself an account in heaven. Don't, get to a, don't go to heaven having left millions behind, but you have nothing in the account in heaven. Go there. Put it all in forward. Put it all forward. I'm pushing all my money forward. Just push it all forward. Give whatever there's a need. Give, give, give. Is this helping somebody? Consider the lilies. The lilies, by the way, I love it. 
their general shape is that actually they are very tall and their, hang, their head hangs low. And I found it quite interesting um, because what he's saying to the lilies is they're beautiful. He's trying to combat insecurity. And what I want to say to you today is to not have that low value. And I've already said it, but I'm going to just say it again. Not have that low value of yourself because if you have a low value, you give low. Because people are insecure will often hide back when they feel like their security is going to be under attack. And so we actually miss out on that part of them. Let me say it like this. Please don't cheat us out of your contribution. You're supposed to bring something to this house. Don't cheat us out of it. And don't make it out that it's our fault. It's getting deep now, isn't it? Don't make it out that something happened at church and therefore you cannot do it. Just admit when you're holding back from insecurity, say, this is not going to happen anymore. I'm going to bring my contribution to the house. Please understand that you have value and that we need you to bring the things that you bring. Is that okay? This works financially as well, by the way. Okay? I want you to believe that you have something to give and offer. And I want you to believe that you are so valuable that when you give, God gives back to you. I want you to have such a good value system that you recognize that you're actually a child of God. Do you think Prince Harry really worries about money? Why? Because his grandmother is the queen. Do you think Bill Gates worries about giving a million pound away? No, because he has 91 million pound behind him. Billion, sorry, billion. 91 billion pound. So he would not fear giving away even hundreds of millions because he knows what's behind him. If you have a low value system of yourself, you will not, you'll forget what is behind you. Guys, God sits behind you. He is on the throne. He is still there and he's going to be there for a really long time. And he calls you child. Therefore, he is willing to provide for you. So please get out there and give. Do not hold back. Because actually, this is what I'm learning. And this is what I'm learning. We sometimes actually hold back God's answers to prayer for people. Let me prove it to you. My friend Rory, who passed away in December, he has this really great, funny story. And he's preached before, so I know he won't mind me telling it. And, uh, and he's in heaven now, so he's having a great time, so he'll be fine. And he has this story. When he was, when he was at home being, when he was home sick, right, as you can imagine, that really affects your value system. Right? What am I bringing to the earth? I'm not even, I'm only taking because I'm sick the whole time. And so his value system was, was rocked in many different times, but he stayed strong through it all, and that's why I'm really proud of him. And there was one season of his life where he felt that low value, and then he felt in prayer that God said to him, I want you to give away your iPad. Now, Rory, feeling that low value, didn't want to do that. How many of you have ever been there with God before when he tells you to do something? Yeah, amen. We've all been there, right? God asks you to give something away, but you don't want to. You see, what that don't want to is, is a low value system. If you realized who your dad was, you would throw away everything you own. Because you know he'll give you back better and bigger. Do you not realize in Job, he gave double back? Now, I'm not saying that that's prosperity. I'm not saying you give so you double up and that's how you work out your money. I'm just saying that if you know that you are a loved child by God, anytime you are in need, in fact, the Bible says, I shall not want, anytime you're even in want, God will provide. Emily wanted a mulberry bag for how long? Many years. A couple of weeks ago, someone walks up in the church and gives her a mulberry bag. God cares about the things you want. Doesn't, don't fathers want to bless their children with things they actually want, not just what they need? And if you're an evil father, imagine how good the good father is. Right? So he wants to provide. And so Rory struggled to give it, struggled to give it. And for two years, wrestled with God about it. Two years. Every time he'd go to pray, God would be like, you're going to give it away today? And he'd say, no. Not, not today. Not, can't do it today. Two years he wrestled with God. Eventually, he gave in. And he knew who he was meant to give it to the whole time. And he decided, right, this Sunday I'm going to give it away. Went up to the guy on the Sunday, said, here's an iPad. I feel like God's told me to give this to you. And the guy was started weeping. And he's like, oh, you know, and he's like, thank you so much. And he says to Rory, he says, Rory, I've been praying for two years for this iPad. <laughs> two years. That's some persistent prayer for an iPad, I tell you, man. What I'm saying is, you are actually often the answers to God's prayer. I don't know why God does it like this, but he decides to use us. 
So if you have a low value system of yourself, then when God decides to use you, you'll think, oh no, not me. Use somebody else, not me, not me. No, use that person. No, no, God wants to use you. Stop arguing with God. He's decided to use you, so just let him use you. And wouldn't it be great if we stopped blocking God's answers to prayer? Maybe more prayer would get answered if we actually understood that we are valuable. Wouldn't that be great? Every Sunday you turn up and you've been praying midweek and because somebody is willing and knows their own value, knows that God will provide for them, is not afraid to give, they're not afraid to give of themselves because they, that doesn't affect their value, it doesn't hurt it, it doesn't injure it, they, their value comes from a higher source and they just heard from God and then they came and gave. Wouldn't that be a great church to be a part of? Come on, I'm still preaching truth. You still with me? Energy level still high? Do you need to shake yourself? I want to build a church like this. Let me give you one last thing. And then we will try something out. Let our value come from the fact that we are children of God. Why is that so important? I know you've probably heard, how many of you heard that like a million times now? You're a child of God, you're a child of God. It, I want you to listen to it again. It is so important he calls you a child, right? First and foremost, for the reason you probably understand very easily, you know, the woman uh, that had the issue of bleeding ran in, you know, pushed past all the crowd, grabbed hold of Jesus' cloak, and he turns to her and says, daughter. Why did he do that? He wants to include her in the kingdom, you are a child, and that, what that's saying is you are now a rightful heir to the kingdom of God. In fact, the Bible says you're a co-heir with Christ. Co-heir with Christ, people. You, anything Jesus had received on this earth, you are able to receive. Think about that for a second. Pastor Kay says it like this. When you read the, when you read the uh, Gospels, you should stop reading as though you're the disciple and read that you're Christ. Because you inherit what he inherited. You are the righteousness of Christ. In fact, you, if God sees you now, he sees Jesus Christ. All right? You are a child of the king, which means that you are now provided for in the kingdom. You now are able to reign in that kingdom. You are a prince of the house. This is a big deal, people. You never have to worry about anything ever again. The royal family do not worry where their next meal is coming from because somebody has already prepared it, somebody's already cooking it, and someone's going to provide it. You are now in that stage of your life. You have to accept that and believe it. Do you accept that bit? The other reason it is great that he calls you a child. Because you're not the father. The father has to take the weight of the family. Has to make sure the family is provided for. That it gets everything it needs. You're the child. Do children worry? I, I, I have a theory that the reason children have so much energy is simply because they have no worries. And I actually would say, you worry less, you'll find you have more energy. Don't think there's some abnormal breed that they just have loads of energy. No, the reason they, because they go to sleep so comfortably. They're so sound because they know their parents are there for them. They know if they need food, they go, mum, food, food's there. Imagine you live life like that. Dad, I need this. Done. Let's go. You'll provide it. You'd have way more energy. It's great that you're not in charge. You are a little flock. You are not the king of the kingdom. You just get to play around in the kingdom. This is awesome, people. Take the pressure off. Stop trying to be in charge of everything and say, you know what, God? You're actually in charge. I'm a little sheep. I'm just going to do as I'm told and I'm just going to play around in the kingdom. Guys, we are living in a time where Kanye West has just given his life to Jesus. We can play around in the kingdom. Basically, anything we ask for is going to happen. Like We've broken through so many barriers as the church. Think when it first started, they had to get killed to break a barrier. Now we can just turn up to church and say, let's do church, and 100 people come up in a year, and we can just decide to do whatever we want to do. We can play around in the kingdom. I feel like this is the joyful season of the church. You know, how many people got murdered just because they spoke in tongues? Martin Luther got killed. Why? Because he believed in the, the justification by faith. That we take for granted now. That would be a staple for everything. If you didn't believe in that, we'd be like, that's a bit weird. People broke through these. We're now living in the time, people. We're living in the Acts 2 time, the Joel 2.28. This is it. This is it. We're in it. 
You want to go heal some people? What's stopping you? You want to go preach the gospel? Stop waiting for a microphone. Get out there. It's right there. And you know what I'm loving? Even in Europe right now, it's actually super easy to do it. Yeah, you might face some rejection, but I'll tell you how many people I've just bumped into and ended up praying for. It's so easy. Guys, enjoy life. Play around a bit more. Right, am I going on too long? Is this good? About time, do you think? Five more minutes, thanks, Jack. Look, I'll stop talking now. I think I've made my point. I want you to believe your value again. And please, I'm gonna I'm gonna start rebuking when I hear you speak negatively about yourself. I'm gonna stop you and say, as your pastor, I rebuke that comment. In fact, pray for my child my future children. Because if I hear my daughter, which I believe I will have one, maybe two, if I, if I hear them speak negatively about themselves, I will treat it as though they've sworn at me. I will not have it. I will not have their value system disrupted because I was too afraid to tell them off. And I'm going to start doing it here. I want you to have a better value system and stop moping around around the other stuff. You are now important because not anything you've done, because Christ said you were. And because of that, we're now all going to give extravagantly. We're going to sell all our possessions. We're going to lay it all down at the apostles' feet. And we're going to say, God, use it. Because I know I'm a prince. And whatever I give away, he will make sure I'm provided for. How cool. I, 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 haven't even, I don't think I've witnessed the church where they all just give so much that God has to do so much providing. Wouldn't that be a cool place to be? Wouldn't that be a cool test of faith? So right now, we're going to solve it. There is a few needs. In fact, just to let you know, Emily and I, to live this out, I knew a need in this community this morning already, and me and Emily have already given to that. I wanted to set an example in this so that it's already happened, okay? Uh, There is a need. This church needs more monthly givers. Not every other month, every month. 10% of your salary coming out. Why? Because I don't want you to rob God, and I want you to live in the principles of the kingdom. So if you do not do that, but you call this church home, please go home and get it done. Okay, if you call this church home, if you don't call this home, that's fine. Give to your home church. If you call this church home, start giving, please. Okay? And also, this month, we need 760 pound, and then we would have hit our monthly budget. So we are 760 pound below budget. So if anyone in this house today can give that or can give some of that, just go and give it in the giving station at the back. Okay? So first of all, I want us to give to church. Okay? Please do that, because I know some people, they start to think, well, I'm giving to that person, that kind of counts as giving to God. No, 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 no. Give, bring God his offering. And please know the Bible says, bring your offerings and tithes, not give them, because they don't actually belong to you. You're supposed to bring them back. They don't belong to you. You, don't give, you can't give something that doesn't belong to you. It says, bring your tithes and offering. Please hear me on this. I take it so seriously. Do not rob God. It will do you no favors, okay? So please bring your tithes and offering. And then on top and above that, any need I see, I give. Any need. Someone says, I haven't had a holiday for three years, I'm going to help provide for that need. If someone says, oh, I'm really struggling right now, provide for that need. If someone says, my car's just broken, I need some help with it, provide for that need. If I can, I will. If I have two shirts and you need one, I will give it. Let's all live like that. Level out the playing field. May there be no class system in this church. Amen. No lower class, no higher class. Why? Because we give into each other's needs. We're all just one equal class. And our class is the best class. Kingdom.